Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, welcome to Life After MLM's Lula Rich companion series, Lula Bitch, a place you can come to find all the tea and everything that was left on the cutting room floor. You're about to hear the personal accounts of the people affected by the MLM LuLaRoe. These stories are our own personal opinions, accounts, and allegations of our experiences within the cult. Some stories may be triggering. Please listen at your own discretion. to bear in some way, you know, so it's, it's being able to come clean with it and like realize that, oh my God, like I, I would like, that's not me, you know? So I appreciate your, you're telling that story too, because it's true. We, we, we all have shit to apologize for. Absolutely. We were all victims and we are all perpetrators. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. So thank you for, for hearing that and having it resonate with you and, and like agreeing because it's true. It really is true that we all are victims and we all are perpetrators and it's important for us to know that and to make amends to the people that we hurt. In fact, the other, uh, it was a text like, oh gosh, I think it was this morning or yesterday. One of my former team mates messaged me and she was like, I am loving the documentary. Like so fierce. I love you. Oh my God. And, And I said, it was the girl that in the documentary I mentioned that my upline was like, get on, get on instant messenger. I got a hot one. She wants, she gives, send her her link. That girl, that girl that I sent my link to, yeah. I said, that was you. And she goes, I kind of thought that was me. And I said, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was really nice. And I said, you know what? I'm really sorry. And she goes, you don't need to apologize. She's like, but I appreciate it. And um, you know, it's just those sort of things. You know, I, I apologized to my sister in the Vice documentary and they cut it out. It was this very beautiful, tearful apology. I'm like, why did you leave that out? It was so good. But um, you know, it's yeah. hard. It's yeah. really hard, one, to admit that you've done something wrong. Two, to admit that someone convinced you to do it as opposed to, it's not just me that's a dumbass. I'm also a dumbass that's easily manipulated by other dumbasses. It's very hard to admit that. Yeah, it really is. And like, you know, at the end of the day that you're not that person. So having to admit that that was something that you did kind of makes you feel like you are that person again. And it's hard. Like it's like these women, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that people don't understand. I did other MLMs before I did LuLaRoe. And I'm not like, like I never felt like down with pampered chef. I mean, now I'm like, I don't support MLMs or whatever, but like my, I want to hold their feet to the fucking fire because what they did was they roped us all in. They made us feel a certain way. They preyed on our emotions. They, you know, they groomed us. Okay. They fucking groomed us right? And then they like threw us to the wolves. It didn't matter anymore. Like if you had one negative thing to say, you were cut off. If you didn't like the way that this was run, you couldn't do anything about it. You know, like they 
told us to run our business like a business and couldn't fucking figure out how to do that themselves. Treat your business like a business. <laughs> and then we find out watching this documentary that they weren't even treating their business no, like a business. They had no idea how business even goes. Okay, that brings me to that brings me to the whole buyback thing, right? In 2017. 2017, I think it was April 2017 is when they introduced the 100% buyback program. That was apparently was not going anywhere. That's what it was up and down. You can join LuLaRoe right now because even if you hate it in five days, you can send it back 100% buyback. You will get 100% back, 100% back, 100% back. That was the biggest recruiting tool of spring 2017. Oh, yeah. And I, like, I know people who joined then because they thought, well, it's like air free. I'm, I'm going to express a slightly unpopular opinion at the beginning, but just hear me out because it'll get there in the end. I thought they were dumb as hell for announcing a hundred percent buyback. You're in a business where you're selling things, right? You can't promise somebody a, a, first of all, okay you're going to buy back all their clothes and pay shipping. You're going to lose money on people sending it back. Okay. So one of the reasons I firmly believe that they did this whole hundred percent buyback thing, definitely not from a business perspective. That is just asinine. I think most there's like a law on businesses like this, that you have to provide like an 85% or whatever the number is, it's not 100, but they did 100 because they didn't expect anyone to take them up on it because we're a family and we're in this together and we're all doing this and whatever. And so they like, that's not running your business like a business. So I was like, this is stupid. And then when they took it back after months of saying, this is never going anywhere. It's never going to do, you know, anything. It's always going to be a hundred percent buyback. And I was like, mm-hmm. so when the curtain dropped, I was like, I, I'm not even shocked. I'm not even shocked by this because I'm sorry. If you offer anyone 100%, first of all, they were probably too dumb to take back the 5% that people didn't even pay in the first place. So now you're paying 105% of what people bought plus shipping all this shit back. Who came up with that? Mark, I think. I think it was Mark's idea. Oh my idea. God. Uh, I think what Mark intended the 100% buyback to do was to steady people's fears about leaving. Like you don't need to rush. You don't need to leave now. You can keep, you can stay a bit. And if it still doesn't work in six months, you can leave and you can still get a hundred dollars back or a hundred percent back. So don't worry about leaving right now. It's an insurance plan for you. So you can continue to go. It's not a big deal. Right. And then the other thing that I thought he, that I think that he thought would happen is all of those people that were on the fence joining LuLaRoe, like, I really want to join, but 5,000 is a lot. And like, what if I can't sell anything? All of those people, once they got that hundred percent guarantee, were like, this is my sign. I'm joining. Right. Yeah. So that's what Mark thought would happen. But what actually happened, and he was part right. uh, What actually happened was the people that were inside LuLaRoe on the fence created a mass exodus and collapsed the pyramid from the inside, which was really fun to experience and watch. And then exactly what Mark thought was all of those people that were on the fence outside of LuLaRoe joined in droves 
And it was pretty much yeah. just a replacement of everybody that left. But right. the new people that came in also came with onboarding packages and lots of money that they were feeding in to the system. Team stacking and, you know, just all kinds of stuff that was happening that I just kind of couldn't believe, but I had to believe because it was right in front of my face. My sponsor, by the way, had a customer and her customer wants to be known as Petunia. Okay. Can't make this up. Her name is Petunia. I love it. Right. So Petunia is like an avid customer. I mean, she is buying this shit left and right and like expensive things or whatever. Right. So the first time that I saw Petunia, by the way, I love this story. This is one of my favorite LuLaRoe stories ever. The first time I met Petunia, I was at my sponsor's house with Gertie. Gertie had wanted to go and try on one of the Anna dresses, right? That was like the long kind of floor length, but t-shirt sleeves, like whatever. So Gertie goes in and tries this dress on girl. You have never looked more Mormon than you do right now. (laughs) Okay. Take that off. And my sponsor is looking at me like, what did you say? Now I'm not a Mormon. My sponsor is not a Mormon. Gertie is a Mormon, right? I love Gertie. Okay. Just like I listened to your interview with Ryan McKnight. I love Gertie. She is a great person. And the only reason that people mention Mormonism and LuLaRoe is because LuLaRoe brought Mormonism into it. That's it. That's the only reason that people ever even associated it. Right. Okay. So that's having said that. So she's like, trying on other things or whatever. And okay. She is, I'm like, you would not be caught dead in that dress in public. And I'm not going to lie to her. So I, we go and we sit and we're waiting to check out and Petunia comes in to pick up the package or the order that she had ordered from my sponsor's last pop-up party online. Right. So she comes in and we're like, Hey, Hey, how's it going? You know? And my sponsor's like, Oh, these are, you know, these are two of the new ones. Like la 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 la. And Petunia is like sweet as all get out. She's like super nice. She comes in, she wants to try on some other things. She, she tried on this Nicole dress and she looked amazing in it. Right. But she was like, well, you know, I just spent this money and just like everyone else. Well, you know what? You have a punch card. You've got to be close to getting 10, you know, items and then you get a free item. So like my sponsor said, At first, like you buy 10 items, you get anything for free, right? Oh, she quickly changed to buy 10 items, get a pair of leggings for free, but whatever. So she's like- I will say a lot of people took advantage of that, which I get, I get, but a lot of people did take advantage of that. And she was like the most expensive items. And you're just like, oh yeah, of course, no problem. Yes, here you go. Right. It's definitely a hard pill to swallow, but- I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like they spend a ton of money with you. You want to value that customer, right? So my sponsor says to Petunia, look, girl, if you're close to 10, like, I think you need that dress, right? So Petunia picks out her card and she has eight punches after the two things she had bought that night. What is your definition of close to 10? I mean. It wouldn't be six. (laughs) Right? That's not close to 10. 
but she has eight punches. You said close to 10. You didn't say 10. And my sponsor looks at her and she goes, mm. and I felt awkward as hell. So you know what I did? I pulled out my punch card that had two punches on it. And I handed my punch card to Petunia. And I said, you need to get that Nicole dress. And my sponsor's face went fucking green. Oh my God. You sacrificed your punches for Petunia. Well, she knew I was never going to buy 10 things because I was about to onboard or whatever. I basically just lost her the sell of a Nicole dress at her own home. And all I was thinking was, bitch wants the dress. Like she looks great in the dress. Like Petunia, you need the dress. I'm going to give you my two punches. Like, okay. Oh my God. I like did it all. Did you get in trouble for that? Was there like pushback? So I wouldn't necessarily say that there was like pushback necessarily from that one event. I think there was a little bit of pushback because of who I am as a person. So like she wouldn't look at me. There were times that I went to meetings and I'm like walking up the stairs as she's coming down and she's pretending like we're not on the same staircase. I mean, she's like the difficult one is being difficult again. That's right. That's right. So, you know, it kind of was what it was, but okay. So Petunia continues on the story, right? So Petunia gets her fabulous Nicole dress. I love Petunia. Petunia is great. Like we become friends whatever. Well, she decides that she doesn't want to be a customer anymore. She wants to be a consultant, but she wants to be one of my sponsors. Who's now a mentor. She wants to be one of her directs. That is her only stipulation. I want to be your direct. Well, guess what my sponsor did? She put her directly under someone else. She was literally the person put on the right team that turned our coach into a mentor. And Petunia was pissed as she had every right to be. We talked about it several times. That girl ended up getting out. So she ended up being like put, like basically Petunia was like, I'm cutting out the middleman. Like, I don't care. I'm coming to you, like whatever. But the problem was, is that the only reason she did that was to fill out the team the way she needed to fill it out. She also came up with these things. And I don't know. I don't know if your upline had them, but it was like a club for people who like wanted to build their teams. And like, you would have to do these team building exercises and whatever. And then at the end, whomever she thought was worthy would get people added to their team. Did y'all do that? Yes. Well, yes and no. I remember my mentor told me that I was getting close to coach and the best way to build coach was to, you know, help my girls build. And so to put anybody in this group as a leader group for my team, that would be interested. And I believe Janice was in there and um, it really was like, it was a place where, yeah, if people really wanted, if I had any overflow, because I was told that I was not allowed, quote unquote, allowed to have any more directs on my line. Cause I had 10 directs on my line. So anybody that wanted to come to me, I was no longer to personally sponsor them. I had to put them under somebody underneath me to be personally sponsored by them because I was quote unquote, again, it's not allowed. We don't want you doing more than 10. Why? Because we feel like 10 is enough for you. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Because you need to make sure that you don't have too many people. Why? 
It's like, you need to get the water all the way to the end of the row is what they used to say all the time. Are you make kidding? Yeah, make sure you're getting the water all the way to the end of the row. Like you're watering your plants, don't forget. You have to get the water all the way to the end of the row. So if you have too many flowers in your garden, you can't get the water all the way to the end of the row and people are going to suffer. So you can't have more than 10 underneath you, right? So this, yes, this group was made and I was encouraged to make it as a place for my quote unquote serious leaders that wanted to have a team to join this as a place where they could do leadership things and train each other on leadership things. And any people that came to me, then I would choose who was worthy and stack those people. Yeah. That's basically what I was told to do. I think I only stacked like one or two people. But okay. So it's interesting for me to hear that perspective because as a small salesperson, I would have never known that that's the thing that they were teaching y'all to do. It just looks yeah. shady fuck on my side. It's like, why would you let a really good customer who spent a ton of money with you, who only asked if she could be on your team, why would you send her elsewhere? Why? Because it's not strategic to place her underneath her because this is the last one she needs. It's the last puzzle piece to complete the puzzle. And if she just puts petunia under becky then becky becomes a trainer and megan becomes a coach and mega hun becomes the mentor right so that's like so when i once again i'm like the wheels are turning while i'm in this little club thing or whatever which by the way was a waste of my time um i'm thinking to myself a she is never gonna put anyone under me because she doesn't like me which whatever right? But I was like, I actually know why she's doing this now. I know that she is doing it because she needs to make the next thing. It's not benevolent. She's not trying to help me get to the next level. She's doing it to help herself get to the next level. And I'm not going to be a piece in that pie. So I was like, I wrote her a message and I was like, Hey, thanks for everything. You know, like, I just feel like right now I need to concentrate on my group and my sales and like, whatever. So I'm just going to bow out of the program because like, once I knew what was going on, I couldn't continue to do that. It didn't feel right. It wasn't right. That was that. What happened with you? Like, how did you end up leaving? Like, what was your final straw? So my final straw was the NDSS thing. Ooh, let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah. So I will say leading up to, so after, so buyback was stopped on September 13th, right? Of 2017. So that was. Yeah, it was mid-September, the 13th, the 15th, something like that. Something like that. So mid-September 2017 is when buyback was abruptly ended. After being told the week before, the mentor's like, it's not going anywhere. There's a big mentor thing. All the mentors were told it's not going anywhere. And then like, the day of the mentors had another call or something to the effect. Right. And they were like, we're, we're canceling it now. Sorry. And it ended right. and the email went out and I believe it was a Friday and everybody was just like, wait, what? Yeah, they did it. Oh my God. That was like the thing that pissed me off the most. They sent that shit out at 5 PM on a Friday evening. It was 5 PM Pacific time, mind you, yep. so that no one could call. No one could do anything about it. And I was like, that is some shady horse shit right there. Yeah. That is like worse to me 
than just telling us all to fuck ourselves. <laughs> right? They're like, oh my God, we love you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. And then it's like five o'clock takes over. They're like, send the email now. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that happened. Then in October, there was a leadership conference in Dallas or something. And I was driving down to Georgia to see a friend of mine and to see Janice. Janice had driven up and like, whatever. So the gang was getting back together. We were having a good time. And, um, on my drive down, I keep getting like text messages. Now, mind you, I'm driving. So like, I can't, I'm not like reading the text messages. And I'm finally, somebody finally like called me. I think it was Gertie. It was Gertie or Lynn. And, um, they were like, oh my God, do you see what they're talking about at this conference? And I'm like, no. Cause remember I'm driving today and they're like, oh yeah. So they're like giving me the skinny. I literally had to pull over at a gas station to look at my phone to see what nonsense they were talking about. This is when talking about selling jeans or shoes or all this stuff came up. And I was like, I am not selling shoes. Do you know it is hard enough to sell leggings that are supposed to fit a certain way, but shoes, I did not join this company to be a shoe salesman. Every single style that they were debuting, right, was hideous. I mean, it was awful. The worst shit I have ever seen in my life. And I was like, I, like, I am so mad. I was so mad. They had such control of my emotions that I was mad over the stupid sleeve on the Maureen or the, you know, whatever that other dress was that they had come up with. I was like, this shit is terrible. It's terrible. It was terrible. So I was mad as hell about that, right? So then, of course, you've got a Halloween launch. I was mad as hell about the Halloween launch because now they had started doing it in kits. So they thought they'd make it easier or a bigger money grab, which whatever, okay, that's what it was. So you ordered your kits. Well, people who ordered, you know, 10 boxes got their boxes two weeks before we got our box as a little person. So you know, as a smaller cell, like I'm ordering one box, Gertie's ordering one box, Lynn and Smiley are ordering one box, but yet our mentor has her box, like her 10 boxes or 15 boxes or whatever she ordered, right? I don't know how many boxes she ordered. I'm exaggerating, but she got her large order and we're all over here like, what are we doing? And then we all end up getting the same fucking kit. You all got the same kit? Every one of us. Yep. How not random at all. Yeah. Talk about it. So I start thinking, oh my God, there has got to be a hierarchy on how they ship. There has got to be a hierarchy on how they deal this out. It was finally like the pieces were coming together. So at this point, that's when I found the original defective group on Facebook. And I had known about it, but I wasn't ready to know because like, once you know, you can't unknow things, right? So that's how I found out about the rumors that we had all heard about the weight loss surgery. And I was like, oh my God, that can't be true. It can't be because they said this, this, and this, right? 
And then to see the receipts and to see all the proof and to know it's like, oh my God. So they're talking about morality and they're talking about modesty, but yet. And size inclusivity. We're an extra, extra small to a triple X. We are so inclusive of all women's bodies, except for the big ones. You should get weight loss surgery because you look better to be a young girl. Right. It was just, it was all starting to kind of like piece together for me. And then, oh, I was hot when they announced noir. I was smoking, Roberta. I, like, I was at Gertie's house when they announced it, and I had to walk out of her house. Like, I could not even stand the feel of my own skin when they announced it, because you know what we hadn't had in our inventory for months and months and months? Anything Black. Nothing. No Sarah, no Carly, no Irma, no leggings, no nothing. And I thought to myself, they can't just have a drought of black items. And now all of a sudden that we need money because they're going, they're starting all the litigation or whatever from the buyback. Now, all of a sudden we have a bunch of black shit. I was so mad. Okay. Now, let me just say for as mad as I was, I was in the 5% or whatever that actually got into order. But let me tell you how I did it. I love how you're like, I was so mad, but I still ordered. Okay. So and I wait, did- really quick to tell people noir was a launch and it literally was every style in solid black. Things we had been asking for for months and months and months and months, if not years. Can we just have black? Can we just have black? And they withheld black for months, like Melissa just said. And then they released a capsule that was limited edition frenzy hard to get like you said only five percent ish of people actually got it because it sold out so fast Mm -hmm. and they released it as a a limited edition capsule oh you can finally have black why don't you guys you know all jump in the ocean we're going to throw the chum bucket in and you guys can just fight over it it was it was it was crazy watching because I was already out by then and I was getting screenshots of people who were hysterical in the comment section And there was another exodus right after Noir launched as well. Yes. Okay. So having said that I was livid, of course, I mean, I was going to try to get it because I knew like, you know, the odds probably weren't in my favor, but the reason that I wanted to try to get it was because I wanted to prove someone wrong because I thought that when you logged in, it kept track of your retailer number. So you couldn't log in on multiple devices. Oh no, oh no. This is how people had been doing it forever, but they were lying to the smaller of us saying that they weren't doing it. Absolutely. So I, I literally, I logged on an hour before, like I always try to do, and I got some ridiculous number. And then I was like, you know what? In 30 minutes, I'm going to log on on another device and I'm going to prove that you can't log on on more than one device because they wouldn't do that. And guess what? That is how I got to order Noir because I logged in on a second device 30 minutes after the first one and got a random number that was higher the second time I logged in. Now, that said, did I buy a hundred pieces of Noir? No, I didn't. I couldn't afford to. I had my like 10 pieces that I could buy or 10, it was like 10 to 20 or whatever, because you still had to have like a minimum order of something. And so 
I had my like whatever that I wanted. I called Gertie. I asked her what she wanted. Okay. I called Lynn and Smiley and asked what they wanted. I called my other girl and asked her what she wanted. Okay. That's how I pieced together this order. I did not go in and buy every fucking thing I could get because guess what? I didn't have any money, number one. And number two, that's gross. So I literally piecemealed it out. And maybe I'm trying to make myself feel better because I got noir and a bunch of people got screwed or whatever. But I just wanted to say, like, I kind of, I was like responsible about the amount that I got because I was having a crisis of conscience at the the time because I could get it. But like, I was literally like getting stuff for all these other people because that's what we had to do as little fish. We had to all be there for each other in ways that other people wouldn't do. I had to do the same kind of thing with those launches. I mean, I was a leader, but I was still kind of a little fish in terms of a volume And I remember I never had any special privileges for ordering or anything like that. And I remember those kind of launches where, okay, whoever can get in, this is what we're going to do. And we're all going to buy for each other. We'll just Venmo you, or we'll just like PayPal you the money. And I remember for Christmas, I was coming back from a, a leadership type thing. I was flying home. And apparently while I was flying home, they had announced that they were going to do like Christmas leggings. And it was like, it was happening now. Like it's happening now. Sorry, we didn't tell you. Hope you saved some money. And I remember sitting on the tarmac as soon as I like could turn my phone on, I got a flood of messages that are like, are, can you get this? Christmas is going up. You better get it. And I logged in like with minutes to spare sitting on that tarmac, ordering LuLaRoe Christmas leggings in an airplane Mm -mm. and ordering for other people that were like, I can't get in. I'm like, I'm in, what do you need? And ordering as many of those, of that, those five packs as I could get. That's when that happened. Oh yeah. And like, I mean, there was a ton of other shit showy things going on in between all these bigger things. Like they were launching something every other freaking minute. They came out with a freaking tank top and I'm like, I'm sorry, the modesty company is coming out with a tank top. I mean, they were literally, it was money grab after money grab after money grab. It was ridiculous. And so then January 27th hits of 2018. Now, mind you, Noir was the last order I ever placed with LuLaRoe because after I was able to order that, I was sick. And I was like, I am never putting another penny in this company again. And so I was already kind of like quietly on the way out. But when that consultant made that video where he mocked a disabled person and LuLaRoe severed ties with the National Down Syndrome, what is it, like Society, in NDSS, right? National Down Syndrome Society, yeah, right? They cut ties with the society as opposed to cutting ties with the consultant. I was like, I'm fucking done. And I was like, I might be a small fish, but I need to quit right now because if I can make a tiny impact I want them to know that this is why I'm out. This is why I'm doing this. Okay, because two reasons. Number one, they sided with these sellers because they were top sellers. They couldn't lose that income, right? Which ended up, they ended up trying to like 
because they got a bunch of pushback from, you know, ending tie or NDSS ended ties with them. But Mark and Deanne made it sound like they ended ties with NDSS. So that was a shit show in and of itself. They ended up trying to like punish the, there was a whole big cluster around that situation. So number one, they were going to side with the consultants because they were top sellers. Okay. Number two, that meant that LuLaRoe no longer was obligated to give NDSS a check, right? You know, I don't really know. I need to ask Courtney about that because Courtney has a lot of information about the NDSS gala and scandal and all of that. I'm just saying you put two and Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard-approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to 
That's right. Register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but they're still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts, registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls. Has Down syndrome sitting next to him and him basically saying, look, we joke about this stuff all the time. Uh, it's like a thing we do. It's not that big of a deal. Obviously, I love people with Down syndrome. And here's the proof. I'm sitting next to one. I mean, it was so tone deaf and so horrible, like so horrible, right? So that apology was disgusting. And the National Down Syndrome Society was like, yeah, no, that's not an apology. And LuLaRoe's like, well, we think it is. And the National Down Syndrome Society was basically like, well, here's your last chance. And LuLaRoe was like, yeah, no, we're going to side with the boot vendors. And so the National Down Syndrome Society wrote this beautiful thing about how they decided they were going to cut ties with LuLaRoe, how they were no longer going to have them be the grand marshal in their parade, how they were no longer going to be doing this thing. And, and you know, they, they gave LuLaRoe the, the ability to do it and they were uninterested and they decided to side with these ableist uh, ableist fucks is what I usually call them. So we're <laughs> just going to stop. We're just going to say that. Uh, because that's exactly what it was. It was horrible. And um, <laughs> LuLaRoe sided with them. National Down Syndrome Society said, hey, you know, so we're going to go ahead and end this partnership. Thanks so much. And then about an hour later, LuLaRoe released their own statement. And they said, we have decided to end our partnership with the National Down Syndrome Society. And the reason they said was they felt that the National Down Syndrome Society like was being unfair to the boot and vendors, that they had already apologized and LuLaRoe felt it was totally fine. And they also felt like LuLaRoe um, didn't want to be associated with the National Down Syndrome Society because the National Down Syndrome Society's view is way too narrow because they only want to help people with Down syndrome and LuLaRoe wants to help everyone. So that happened and I was like, I fuck LuLaRoe. Like I cannot have my name associated with this hot garbage. As mad as I had been at everything else, I was like gonna boil over. So I took down, um, like I changed my status on my Facebook page. Like I didn't want you know, I still had my group up, but like on my personal page, I had taken everything off because I was like, I know I actually messaged my uh, mentor who is my direct sponsor. And I said, look, you know, um, I don't agree with what is happening. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it was like a long thing or whatever. And she wrote back with, well, um, you know, would you rather work for a company who didn't offer anyone grace and a, a chance for forgiveness? And I was kind of like, I'm, I'm sorry. What? I mean, like, not to garbage humans to normal, basic mistakes, but not to garbage behavior. Right. And I basically told her, I was like, it's because they're big sellers. 
that they sided with them. And she's like, I've seen things happen for smaller retailers too. And I'm like, bitch, bye. What has anyone ever done for a smaller retailer? Okay. I've literally never heard of any instance of any smaller retailer yeah. in any sort of special training yeah. at all. And I talked to a lot. If you didn't sell a shit ton of leggings, right? And you wore your maxi skirt as a dress, you would get terminated. If you didn't sell Sarah's out the wazoo and you decided to style something a way that LuLaRoe didn't think was appropriate, you got terminated. If you said a curse word in your live and they didn't like it, you got terminated. Okay. That's just how it was. If you didn't align to their morality on that specific day, because remember, we're a modest company. We don't do V-necks. Guess what they sold? A V-neck. We're a modest company. We don't do bare shoulders. Guess what they sold? A motherfucking tank top. We, like, what is it? Are you this or are you that? Like, how do you not see that this is just about money? It's always just been about money. But they made us feel like it was about us. It's strengthening our lives and like doing all this stuff. And one of the things that I really love that the documentary pointed out to me was about how they got us all in as women consultants and then basically wanted, once you got to a certain point, turn it over to your husband. Listen, LuLaRoe, okay, this is a message directly for you. I didn't want my husband to be any part of this. This was something I did for me because I was a stay-at-home mom because I needed something to do for me because I wanted my stamp on something. I wanted to do all the work behind it. I wanted to do all the labor. I wanted to do everything because you know what? That's what I have. So you can leave my husband good and fucking out of it. Bravo. Amen. And what happens? She signed up under a friend. That's no more because here's the deal. When you guys do a group sale and she sells more than you do on your group sale, it's bitter town, right? Because while we talk about celebrating women and their achievements and whatever, truth is when money comes in, it's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. And so there was a lot of that catty, like bullshit that went along with, oh my God, we're a sisterhood. We're fierce women. We're girl bosses, like whatever. First of all, I haven't been a girl since I was 13 years old. Okay. I'm a woman. I'm not a girl, anything. Um, second of all, like I saw these people snatching Cassie's right in front of my face after they had had a six hour talk about how lovely it is to be a part of a sisterhood. And now they're tearing each other up. The messaging was so clear. All that matters is the money. How are you gonna make me that money? You're gonna stack your teams. You're gonna build it up. You're gonna do whatever you have to do. You're gonna bash friendships. You're gonna do whatever we tell you to because we are your boss. So that's about how it went. I mean, I... I am so glad that, because Gertie was right after me. And then um, 
Smiley and Lynn were right after that. And then um, Petunia stayed in for a little while and she was trying to like, cause she was the only one of us that had a full-time job also. So she had some other time commitments or whatever and couldn't devote to it. So eventually she kind of like piecemealed her stuff out. But I'm telling you, we discounted the shit out of everything. We, you know, we did lives. We helped each other out. I ended up making a Facebook group called Lula Lifeboat and it had a picture of the Titanic sinking <laughs> and it was for anybody who wanted to sell their stuff because you know whatever and so um like uh because not only was I going out and I wasn't responsible for these people but like I felt responsible because I was a part of this so if I could help anybody like I was going to try to help somebody, you know? So that's pretty much how it went after I got out. I mean, I was able to get rid of everything. Um, you know, I dealt with some real shady people, um, you know, and I didn't like that either, but I also didn't have a ginormous inventory because I didn't have the money to have a ginormous inventory. So I always try to keep it manageable. And fortunately, that worked to my favor, especially when we left. I'm so glad you're out. <laughs> Thanks. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. Okay. Well, I have some questions at the end. You ready? Hit me up. One word that encompasses how you feel about LuLaRoe. Gross. Sorry. It's true. <laughs> One warning to somebody that wants to join LuLaRoe. Uh, don't. I thought about this a lot. LuLaRoe is a bad relationship that you cannot change. People, women specifically, feel like they can change it. I can change this person or I can, you know, do whatever. You are not going to change it. It is going to change you and you're not going to like it. And if you, if the people who love you the most are telling you things about the situation, you need to listen to them because they love you. These people, they don't care. They say they care, but the first time you have a problem and mark my words, you will. The first time you have a problem, they're going to be like, I don't know. This has never happened before. They're going to lie to your face. So just don't, just don't save yourself the time and the money. Couldn't have said it better myself. Worst memory of LuLaRoe. Worst in like what way? Cause like <laughs> most of my worst memories are funny as shit. Well, now they are. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Just think back to like LuLaRoe and when people are like, uh, LuLaRoe, that one thing that you're like, Ugh, that's the one I want to know about. Okay. So once again, cause I like to chat, I have, I have two, but there are two different categories. Is that okay? So part A just LuLaRoe. The thing that I hated the most was the anxiety I felt for launches. I'm telling you the shit show that they all were. The fact that they were always like supposed to happen right around the time my kids got off the fucking bus. So it was terrible timing for me always. The 
Well, this launch, you can only buy such and such. This launch, you can only do this. This launch, you can only do that. And they would still mess it up. Um, just the anxiety that came with all of that, you know? Oh my God, the one time I ordered Mommy and Me, I legit got the worst print. It was unsellable. It was so gross. Um, so I did all of that to get that, you know? So it was a real, like that, that was not fun. Part B has to deal with my sponsor because there's some miscellaneous stuff that y'all need to know. So remember we talked about like, oh, I paid off my this and I did that. And like, I told you my origin story and I came from, you know, not having anything and now I have everything and whatever. Girl, the pizza thing was only the beginning. There was then, we're going to have taco night. I'll bring the shells. The shells? The shells. I'm going to bring the shells, the taco shells. And And then you guys bring all the stuff to put in the shells. Yep. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Or the fact that she did a Christmas dinner once as like a thank you to her team, right? And I can tell you no less than 10 times was she on our Facebook page asking for headcounts because she wanted to be sure she didn't buy too much food. And I'm, listen, I'm not trying to look a gift horse in the mouth, okay? This, she finally fucking paid for a meal, right? But like, my problem is, is if everything that comes out of your mouth is about how much money you make, right? Then why are you making this about as cheap as you can, right? And then the last part of B is, we had a styling event with Julia, the Julia came to our city, right? But guess what? That wasn't free. We all had to pay to get in. And she had a Lula henchman at the door, okay, taking your bunny to go in to listen to Julia, who was wearing no less than three pieces of LuLaRoe at the same time, mind you, to show us these mannequins that had like Sarah's under dresses or like just this shit show of stuff that we were like, no one is ever gonna wear that right so she took money at the door how much do you remember I think it was probably like five five or ten bucks a person or something but I don't know because I bet Julia had some fee or whatever but I don't know she seemed like a lovely person I have nothing against the Julia like whatever but um like it was just it was crazy and then sponsor made a big deal about how she provide was going to provide snacks and whatever girl it was like the smallest water bottles fine whatever we don't want to be wasteful right we don't want to be wasteful and it was like there was like a sad veggie tray and like maybe some pepperoni and it was like <laughs> sorry what like maybe the fee was to oh you know what maybe what it was is I don't think Julia had a fee necessarily I mean I don't know 100% but I think that it was to pay for the uh, venue where we were. Ah, uh, yeah. That would make so it, was, so was it like a super Saturday event? No. Maybe it wasn't on a that Saturday. Would, they called them super Saturdays. They didn't always have to be on a Saturday, but they were like an official LuLaRoe training that were put on by like leadership and not actually LuLaRoe. 
So this and usually, like, yeah, we would have to pay for everything. And so sometimes we would charge like five or $10 to just recoup the loss of the venue. Right. Yeah. So I think that it went towards the venue, but I don't know how much the venue cost. And once again, you're going to write this off on your taxes. Oh, that goes under the advice column too. Get yourself an accountant because <laughs> the Lula Huns do not know what is a tax write-off and what isn't. And if you don't want to get served with some papers, get yourself an accountant. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, what was the hardest lesson that you've learned while in LuLaRoe? Um, I really think that the hardest lesson I learned was to just always be me because at the end of the day, that's all I've got in this whole world is who I am. And it was taking parts of me and making me different. And people can look at it and say, well, you allowed it to. I mean, really? Um, you know, did I sign up to sell some clothes? Yes, I did. Did I sign up to play rock, paper, scissors? No, I did not. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that came with this that nobody knew about. What was the claim? Part, part-time work for full-time money? I mean, they were claiming so many things. Everything was hashtag because of LuLaRoe. Like my friends that I've mentioned and I, we would like go get a hot dog, like at the baseball game. And we'd send each other pictures like hashtag because of LuLaRoe. Like, cause we were small fish. We didn't have any money. Like, so we, we would like, it was a joke. I mean, it became a joke. It's so hard to look back at that person and like, know that that wasn't my authentic self. How did you feel when you heard Deanne say in the documentary that she didn't know what the because of LuLaRoe hashtag was? Uh, they can't see my face, but I mean, it's there. Um, I was probably as mad as I was about that as I was about Noir, to be honest. I was like, you are insane. You are insane. You told everyone to hashtag everything because of LuLaRoe. Like that was handed straight down. Do you remember the hashtag because of Deanne? No. When Deanne, maybe she only made the leaders do it, but when Deanne would have a bad day, when Deanne would have a bad day, we would get like messages that were like, Deanne's having a really bad day. Like an article came out that's slandering LuLaRoe. She's so upset. She's having the worst day. And then we would have to make appreciation posts about how much we love Lil Ro, how much we love Deanne, how much, like just insanity, and then hashtag it because of Lil Ro and because of Deanne. Uh, no. But while we're on the subject of Deanne, okay, the documentary, right? Like when she told the story of her mother coming home with the $5 bills and throwing it I was like, my mouth hit the floor. And I was like, that is the original crazy. Like, who does that? Number one, what message are you sending your child? Like your children, because you know, you have a bunch. So it's like, oh my God, like, are you kidding me? And not just that, but like 
supposedly they had all this money. This goes back to the whole, like it, it trickles down, right? Like we talk about how much money we have, but do we really have that money? Because I remember seeing them post things about taking, you know, some of the leaders to Gucci or whatever. And I was like, y'all are in Cabazon. Cabazon is an outlet mall for all you who don't know. Like I used to live around Cabazon. I know exactly where you are. Don't be telling people you are at like Gucci Supreme. Okay. Cause you're not like it's, I bought plenty of things at a, an outlet mall, right? Plenty of things, but I'm not up here shouting how much money I made and shopping at the outlet mall. <laughs> There's so much Roberta. I could probably talk the next four hours and not even cover like half of it. There's just so much. I know I, this is an entire series and there's so many people that are like, I need to be on Lula bitch. I'm like, I feel like we're going to be doing Lula bitch episodes for a long time. So I hope you guys are excited about it. We'll put regular MLM in there too. We'll bring that back after the series, but yeah, I think we're going to have, geez, oh man. If you guys want to hear it, we'll talk about it. Okay. And then the last question, a positive takeaway from your time in LuLaRoe. Okay, I'm going to say probably the same thing that everybody else that you've talked to has said. I did find some of the right people because we clung to each other and helped each other out. So Gertie, Petunia, Smiley and Lynn, I've had great experiences with all of you. Gertie, I knew before LuLaRoe. The other three, I didn't know, but like, they are like my family. I mean, they really are. We saw each other through some shit and we're still like in it together. And so I, you know, we have all kind of individually talked about a bunch of things. It's like group therapy. I mean, after the documentary aired, Lynn and I are talking and she like, you know, said to me, yesterday morning she's like I was so or no this morning I was so exhausted after talking about it all day just mentally exhausted because it just brings up so much and it does you know and all of these women have their own story to tell of shit that happened to them and none of us were untouched so I think that you know I don't regret the fact that I did it because of them honestly like all, all the shit storms aside, meeting people that literally will have your back in situations when you need them to. I mean, it means the world to me. Yeah. I found some of the most amazing people after leaving LuLaRoe and discussing our shared trauma mm -hmm. and connecting on levels that I never thought I would ever connect with somebody else. And, you know, and, and look, and look what these relationships have created now, you know, the people that I connected with after leaving LuLaRoe, we just had a movie come out about all of the research that we've exposed. Right. So that's just, I mean, it's insane to me Yeah. that there's some good left in the rubble of this disaster, but it yeah. does peek itself out of that like unicorn rainbow turd every so often. Yeah. Right. Do you ever feel like your anti-MLM crusade is like penance? I think in the beginning it felt like that. Like I always say like I helped 75 women get in. So I needed to help 75 women get out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've helped thousands across LuLaRoe and thousands across MLM. 
And I think what happened was I'm just the kind of person that I got out of it. And I was like, what happened to me? How? And I just needed to know. And I started doing research and, you know, I, I researched Scientology and I researched, I watched all of Leah Remini's episodes. I found out about Stephen Hassan. I read the bite model. I figured out who Robert Fitzpatrick was. I started reading his stuff. I started reaching out to these people and educating myself. And all of a sudden, like you said, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it really felt like I was pulling back like some sort of curtain and exposing something that I was like, oh my God, does anyone else see this too? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. You know, a little penance, but now at this point, it's become, you know, like people say like, oh, I want to sell leggings because it's like a calling. I've never felt that way about anything, but like, yeah, people say that. People are like, oh, I just felt called to do this. Um, this kind of feels more like a calling or a duty or something like, hey, there's a hole in the community that needs to be filled. And that's something that LuLaRoe taught me, see a hole and fill it, right? So I saw that hole in the anti-MLM community and I was like, no one's talking about the victims. Yeah. Like we're talking about the mega huns, we're talking about the companies, we're talking about the people that are obnoxious. Look at all these screenshots I'm getting, hey hon, hey hon. But nobody's talking about the victims and nobody's helping the victims when they get out and they're like, oh my God, what did I just do? Right, that's why I say like, you need to have like a 12 step program for people who get out of this because they don't know, like, you're in this trance almost because once again, it's very culty. Okay. So last question. I need you to tell me because you were in it and you're my friend and you know me. What was your favorite part of Lula Rich? Okay. I had to like rewind it back and watch it several times, but my favorite part of the documentary was how they captured each person in the family's personality without saying a word themselves. And my specific favorite was when they showed a picture of Jordan sitting in the deposition and Deanne was, and Mark were talking about how bubbly and great and excited and whatever he was. He's so great. He's so great, whatever. And he is like, I've literally never seen that Jordan before. That deposition Jordan is a completely different person I've never seen in my entire life. Deposition Kenny. like deposition who was deposition Kenny I mean for real what was that I don't know I don't know and it's very very like I I loved that they literally like like I okay I know a bunch of people in defectors are not super happy with the documentary but the thing is is that this documentary was not made for you. We all know this stuff. Remember the first time you found out about the Tijuana skinnies? Remember how you felt the first time you found out that there was a, like a club that you could be in and get your, you know, stuff delivered or whatever, like pick your prints or this. Remember when you found out about all of that, you didn't know before and you were mad as hell when you found out, right? This is to reach millions of people who have no damn idea what LuLaRoe even is, number one, to understand who these people are. And those documentary filmmakers got that to a T. They will say one thing and they will do the opposite. So I am here for the documentary, for all of it, 
like I keep thinking about it and parts, you know, and I'm, I, I get it. You guys, you guys want blood. Like, Hey, I'm not mad about that. Right. But you have to understand that a lot of people, this is going to affect a lot of people. You know, we didn't all start out in defective, but we all got there and then look at what we did. Right. Look at what all of us have done. And that's a really good point. Like this documentary was not made for the victims. We know these stories. I watched this and I was like, I, none of it was shocking to me. I lived it. None of it was shocking. The only thing really shocking to me was the way that the tone of Deanne's voice in her deposition was a little shocking to me. I was like, oh my God, she's so calculated and cold. I've never met deposition Deanne either. And that was shocking. The deposition personalities was the most shocking part to me. Um, but yes, absolutely. You're correct. This was not made for us. This was not made for defectors. This was not made for the defective people. This was not made for the people on the Reddit and the people that know all the tea. This was made for everybody else. This was made for the people that are like, oh my God, I've never heard of this company. What the fuck? Yeah. Because yeah. this podcast is for the people that want more tea. This podcast, the YouTube channels, the interviews we've done, all of the stuff we've uncovered over the past four years that we've made videos and content, that's that's the deep stuff. That's all the tea that people are going to come looking for. And I'm going to continue to spill tea here as long as people want to hear. Lachey told me she's probably going to start a podcast. We've gotten so many people from home office reach out to us saying, I'm ready to speak. When are you ready to listen? I'm done. Let's go. I didn't sign an NDA and I'm going to spill it all. So I've got those people that want to talk to me. Right. You know, yeah. we're making so many waves that people are coming out of the ocean and saying, okay, I can't deny it any longer. Let's go. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, once the wave starts coming, I mean, we, we all want to see them be held accountable for the things that they did to people. We all want to see that every customer, you know, cause here's the thing that customers don't know. We weren't allowed to give refunds. We were only allowed to exchange shit. You know what? I felt dirty about that from the beginning because I don't care if you're paying $25 for a pair of leggings or 70 ridiculous dollars for a Sarah or whatever it was like that is your hard earned money that you chose to spend with me. And if you are not satisfied with the product that you got, then you need to be compensated for that. But we wouldn't do that. We would exchange because that's what we were told to do. Yeah. There's so much oh. stuff that people don't know. I need to talk to a mega customer is who I need to talk to. I want to know the perspective of the mega customer. So if you're listening to this right now and you uh, liked everything Melissa had to say, and you're like, your jaws dropped and you're just like, oh my God, I never knew that perspective. And you're a mega customer who spent way more than you'd like to admit. Come message me, email me. I want to tell the perspective of the mega customer. I think that's a story that needs to be told too. The manipulation of FOMO of these beanie baby pants that everybody was like just and honestly sometimes it didn't even feel like I really wanted it I just wanted it be able to be like I'm the one that got it you know I got those leggings it was the weirdest thing and again like I'm like who am I I don't even care about Katy Perry why do I need floor seats like ridiculous yeah I mean and honestly when I heard Sam say that they like stopped giving him a budget after a few things or whatever, cause like I was mad as hell about Katy Perry too. 
And it wasn't because Katy Perry was singing at convention. It was because you had money to pay Katy Perry and her red M&Ms or whatever that was all about. Like, but you didn't have money to pay these people back. Like that's ridiculous. I'm a person that if I call in sick from work, right? I'm sick at home or I'm sick at the doctor. I am not sick at the mall. I am not sick, you know, driving to another state. You know what I'm saying? Like if I tell you I'm sick, I'm legit sick. If you tell me you don't have any money, then you better fucking not have any money. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much, Melissa, for talking to me. It was so wonderful to see your face. You were just as funny as, as ever. I miss huh. our, our chats. I miss our weekly breakfasts with the children. Um, and if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, I'm going to hit you up. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And I'll let you know if I'm ever back to you. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Thanks for having me, by the way. Like I, like, I mean, I think in the bottom of my heart, I've wanted to say some of this for so long. And then I think, you know, you just kind of bury it because like you want it to be okay. Right. And so, but watching that documentary, I was like, no, we have, we have things to talk about. So thank you. It's time. It's time. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for hearing it. Of course. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to life after MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.